You see, corn the band is actually really good. If they banned corn? No, no, no. The band, like the musicians. Oh, I thought it was a group of musicians yeah. that play music. Mm-hmm. Heavily um, quotationed on that word music there. <gasps> Hot I'm not take, saying they're. Take. I'm not saying they're bad. It's just that you know a lot of their stuff. Whenever they're getting into their oom, all that, it kind of reminds me of that little crazy dude off of the Wild Thornberries. I don't know if you ever, <laughs> the if you brother, ever, yeah, the little the little crazy brother that was like the Jungle Boy. That was like, I'm like, hey, I love corn. It's corn, <laughs> delicious. Yeah, I love Freak on a Leash. That's their one song, right? He's he is yeah. a Freak on a Leash. That's exactly it, right? Oh, uh, I had a girlfriend that that was our song. Freak on a leash. Alrighty then. Here we go. Hey everybody, I'm Dane Holland, and I'm a spandex butterfly for life. I am Austin Shazam Fiverr, and I'll tell you what. I'm Marcus Whitaker, the time-traveling trickster known as I Am Electric Man. I'm Austin Tiny Zent, and Mr. King, I am still waiting on your email <laughs> reply. You can go back to the Joe Hill episode and get my email address. And he will, because yes. he listens to Nerd It Through the Grapevine, a podcast where four best friends gather weekly to talk about our favorite parts of past, present, and future nerd culture. And today, Austin's got some stuff he wants to talk about. I like doing Turks. this podcast. I also like totals. Okay. I like totals. Good. I don't want to get that out of the way. I don't want to leave, leave that, you know, without being said, but I, do I, do, I do like totals. But I spend a lot of time. You like what? Totals. <laughs> Turtles. Totals, yes. Totals. Yes. Funny story, just right quick. <laughs> My niece, when she was little, Allie, I love you, and you'll never hear this anyway. No. That's what she used to call her poops. She made turtles. Good. So as you were. You love turtles, yeah. That's as good. you were. Hey, you know, as long as you're taking solid poops, you can name them animals. But if you're uh if you're if you're taking poops like what we do, that those poor creatures <laughs> kill me, please. <laughs> I don't want to exist anymore. So anyway, my uh, topic is uh, just basically a breakdown of what I've been watching and investing all of my extracurricular time into and uh, whether I would recommend it or not, which is this is just a recommendation, honestly, because all the stuff that I've been watching here recently, I've been lucky enough to not stumble upon some goobs, you know, not like Game of Thrones where you get those kind of goobs. You know what I mean? But I'm I'm talking like uh, like. Floppy show. Dang, that's still a thing. Yeah, that's still mm. a goop. Still mm. floppy. Right. <laughs> Dang it. Floppy, yeah, flaccid, uh, yeah. non-erect. How, oh. How about shows that aren't any good? I haven't run across those here sure. recently whenever I've been watching them. Yeah. So uh, several different streaming services that I've been on, uh, Amazon, Netflix, HBO. Uh, Hulu hasn't really had anything to hold my attention besides Nashville, and I'm not getting into Nashville because that's too much, and that's not what I want to talk about. <laughs> in case you don't know, I might as well tell you. Nashville is a soap opera that is not really shot like a soap opera, but it is exactly what it is. And it revolves around 
people in Nashville who write songs and instantly become famous because that's how it works in <laughs> yeah. Nashville. Once you move there, man, you're automatically a musical star. I'm playing at the Bluebird Cafe. That's a holy grail of Nashville music. If I play at the, So you're telling me every time I play at the Bluebird Cafe, somebody that's a producer will see me and want my music. Is it actually a cafe? Uh, might be a bar. Oh. Could have food. Well, what qualifies well, as a cafe? You got to have coffee, yes? Yes. Because it's just another way to spell coffee. Caffy. 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 That's what the little accent sign is yeah, for. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, uh, yeah, but that's not even what I want to talk about. And that, <laughs> that, that's just where my brain went. And I don't like it because I love it. The love, I love some soap operas and I can't help it. And Nashville's catchy, but I'll talk about that on a later episode. Right now, Jupiter's Legacy. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend it. It is on a lot of different people's list. It's number one watch. in the USA right now, I think. I think so. I've seen it bounce. On the Netflix? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it is a great superhero story. I did not look up anything about the origins of it or if it came from a comic book or if it, it was a novel or anything else like that beforehand. But I just know that based on the show alone, I would recommend it. I do enjoy it. And it is a great origin story slash current timeline. I like the way that they I like the way that they do it. So I'm not going to spoil anything because it is a popular show. It is current and it is a recent release, but I will recommend it. And that brings me into my second one, which I've only watched a couple episodes of, but I'm, I've got a yearning deep within my soul now to watch more of it, and I can't wait, and that's Invincible. <laughs> that you just got finished watching the first episode I was before watching, this podcast. I was watching with you, and yeah. I feel the same. Yeah, it, it got me. I mean, it got me really good. It, me too. I just like how they mixed so many different superheroes from so many different places, like Peter Parker. Iron Man. I was sitting there. He was flying around. I told you that none of these people are actual superheroes in other places besides this universe. There was there. There's no. There's some nods. There's like an almost Batman character, but he's not Batman, dude. There were aliens. I watched like a minute of this show. (laughs) You just looked at color schemes, which and Kelsey was sitting around. She's like, I don't, I don't, I don't see the difference. That's a <laughs> colorblindness? I'm not making is fun of this. I think it may be. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Can you point paint with the three colors of the wind? <laughs> shout, you sh- took my song. Shout, <laughs> come on. Shout out, to, shout out to Kelsey. Uh, but Invincible will be a really good show for people that like the animation style of, say, like Young Justice. I feel like those animation styles are pretty similar, mm-hmm. except you take Young Justice and you crank that gore up to where Young Justice might have been at a two. You take that and crank it up to 700. The body count is steep. It's there. And I only watched a little bit of it with you, and there were like three different alien invasions in like a very small amount of time. So. Yeah. Yep, and they were they were dealing with uh, interdimensional beings that their time that they operate in are I mean it's going to be in a different type of tachyon than what our universe has. So when they get here, if they don't have something to balance that, they were dying. They were aging and dying. Yeah. They were aging really fast. Yeah. And this was all just kind of superficial stuff. Like it's just stuff yeah. that they had to know to beat them. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it was nuts though because they they ended up going back to their planet and what it was like. 
three days on Earth time was approximately like 35, 40 years in their time. And this is just a tiny part of... Yeah. one episode like it's yeah. just a little thing that's going on it's it's, it's like it's chaotic it's, it's very but. well done it's very descriptive it's very you know confusing right now just because i did just start it and i'm sure the story's going to start to unravel a little bit more but i'm i'm in i'm in there for it i'm here for it as the kids say the the brutality that's shown in it it's become a whole lot more like of a thing with superhero stories like it's it's been a thing with comics for a while because Invincible and Jupiter's Legacy both comic books already. The Boys was already a comic book, but seeing it on the screen and the way that they show it, because DC and Marvel have this line that they don't cross, and these more independent comics like like with Image Comics, like that's what uh, Invincible's from. Like they can get a whole lot worse when it comes to what they show is happening to these characters. And I think that for someone like me, that's like. I don't know. It's it's better for me to get into it that way, like because I've kind of I don't know. I kind of grew out of the superhero stuff. I still appreciate it for the mythology aspect of it, but I'm just not like all into it. But then I see the boys, and then things like Invincible, and I'm just like I'm back there, like I was when I was a kid. Like oh my god, superheroes are because awesome. That brings so <laughs> much blood. But hold on, can we not use the phrase "grew out of superheroes"? He did though. He used that. I mean, I don't did, feel like that it is an age required. I don't thing. think so either. It's just me personally. I mean, you can and you so can yeah. move past, but yeah. to grow out of, I'm I got like, disinterested in. Okay, we'll say that I, I can I accept that terminology more than grew out of. <laughs> yeah, I think that what these shows provide is a fresh perspective, like the boys and Jupiter's Legacy and Invincible. They've got a uniqueness to them. Yeah. That we haven't really seen a whole lot of, except for if you know the the original Ninja Turtles were like that. They were straight up slicing and dicing, and it wasn't just pizza. But oh, yeah. then you've got these people that are those line crossers. They it's it's like more realistic to me, absolutely. Be- because to me, you have, and that's one of the moral dilemmas you're running into with a lot of these superheroes who are killing. It's well, why are you doing that? Well you're taking us and holding us to a different standard than we hold anybody to period, because we think that everybody's going to kill everybody else. You don't want us to try to kill you back. What are we supposed to do about this? But they don't break the code yet. Well, yeah, but I mean, real life doesn't have a TV rating. So in these shows that are rated R, you know, Mm -hmm. they're very mature audiences need to be watching them. That's where that real life aspect comes into it. Because like, there are no rules in this world like that we live in. So if these characters existed here, you would be seeing that kind of gruesome stuff that you're seeing in the show. So I think that's there's more connection there, yeah. I think. And I mean, you're looking at these superhuman beings that are capable of picking up cars with their hand. Not hands uh, plural, hand uh, singular. Mm-hmm. They're capable of picking up a car in their hand. You don't think if they smacked you across the face that your face would go flying? Like, that's the stuff that they're showing in this, and it's pretty awesome. (laughs) If you're into that kind of thing. (laughs) Well, they have all these things that are happening, like all these lasers and stuff going off. Instead of, like, people getting hit with it and it being like, it's 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 so much more realistic even in a cartoon just to see somebody getting hit with a high-powered laser and it just melting through them. Oh, and it's such good sounds and everything, too, Plus, for Why it. wouldn't we want a realistic take on, like, the human psychology 
of someone who was capable of something like that. Like those powers that they have, why wouldn't we want to like explore what that would do to a human mind in a realistic adult way? You know, Dwayne The Rock Johnson's coming up movie uh, here in a couple years where he plays Black Adam. Uh, I, I meant to get to this in a previous podcast, but uh-huh. I kind of cut myself off because of the way that my brain operates. And it's... Uh, so the Dwayne the Rock Johnson is going to play Black Adam and Black Adam is under that exact same problem because he's given powers as an adult and his viewpoint on that becomes a very anti-hero's perspective because he's doing what he feels is for the betterment of man and his country but it's crossing lines all the time. Those lines that everybody else feels should be moral lines not to cross. He feels like I'm powered by the gods. That's what sustains me. Does that not make me a God myself? So he kind of gets into that. So that's what my kind of take on it would be. If you had somebody that was say our age that decided they'd take a boat into the middle of the nowhere and not spoil anything, so. Well, Marcus, you mentioned like why why aren't we doing this more? Like it's exciting they're doing that now. Absolutely, I think I think it doesn't need to happen more for sure. But they need to also pay attention to doing the opposite at a same rate for kids, because the younger audience still needs the superhero genre, just like we did whenever we were younger. Sure. Well, I don't think Marvel's going and anywhere anytime soon. Though. No, so but like, I'm... but this trend, it's, it's a very popular trend as of late, especially. And I think like, uh, TV, TV wise is what is mainly what I mean. Like, cause comics, yeah, they're going to be there, but a lot of kids, like they're like adults. I mean, everybody's watching these shows. Like a lot of people don't know that Jupiter's legacy was a comic or invincible was a comic. Uh, because not many people are reading them compared to you know being one of the most watched TV shows on streaming services. Period. Yeah, so it's good for these independent comic. It's it's very good for the independent comics. Yeah, absolutely. But I think that the the ones that aren't as violent and are a little bit more on the surface still need to, a lot of effort. Still needs to be put into those. And I'm afraid that this the amount of money that's coming from these gruesome like like you know adult. Like comic book shows and stuff. Ooh, yeah. Speaking of those, <laughs> yeah, right? Those. My, just my next yeah, recommendation is going to be the Netflix uh, original series, Castlevania. So good, so good. Do watch it. It's gory. It's got some boobies, <gasps> but not like most animes do to no where pain, it's just no. like that's the like the main focus of the whole thing is the fact that it's got boobs like jelly in the wind or something I don't know. No pain. Absolutely zero. So, I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm just saying, maybe an outline of one. Yeah, maybe. But I mean, who who really wants to see an anime pain anyway? I'm just whoa, saying. Whoa, I mean, whoa. plenty of people. Pains look like sloth from the Plenty. Of on what they do and do not want to see. Sometimes women want to see pain. Yeah. Well, that's true, but have you ever stopped and thought, wow, a pain looks a lot like Sloth from the Goonies? Not mine. No, they shouldn't do that, Tiny. We gotta go <laughs> we gotta go to the hospital <laughs> now. I mean, it's they just, do. It, I'm hold just on. saying, I want some representation of you know, the 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 nasty that is that is the boys. You know? Uh well, and also, if it sounds like Sid from Ice Age when you pee, you should probably go too, because that's not. A, uh, 
Yeah, you need to Wait. look into that. Please look into Mine that. I wasn't supposed to do that. <laughs> I thought that was completely normal. I thought you got that piercing taken out. Uh, the I last show that I want to recommend <laughs> is the uh, HBO show called Stargirl, which I watched on HBO. It's actually, I think, a CW show. Thoroughly enjoyed that as well, as far as like a different kind of a, a wholesome take on superhero stuff. Oh, that's, a per- that's a pretty wholesome take on superhero stuff. What? You got what? I had a, like half a burrito stuck between two of my teeth. <laughs> I've been like trying this entire time to get it out. <laughs> and I finally got it. Gross. I know. So gross. On the theme of uh, a more adult content mm-hmm. in, in entertainment, my topic this evening is Ninja Sex Party. Nice. Yay! Now... For many that don't know what that is and might think, ooh, Dane, should you be talking about something so naughty on such a podcast? It's a band, guys. Chill out. It's okay. Oh, it's I fine. thought this was a party you was throwing. Well, no. I mean, I we could. I was so excited all could. of a sudden. You could. They would be very happy if that were a thing. Uh, but they could play the music at the party. So Ninja Sex Party is a band that they, they are a, a comedic band. And the two members in it are Danny Sexbang and Ninja Brian. Those are their personas that are in it. And it's actually uh, Dan Avidan or Avidan, uh, whichever you want to say it. And then Ninja Brian is Brian Wecht. And Wecht, W-E-C-H-T. Yeah. (laughs) Name? Get Wecht. Get get wet. Oh, that's, exactly. That sounds like a really bad reading of like a uh, the old super soaker commercials. Like, don't get wet, get soaked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised they don't have a song called Super Soaker with very very many innuendos in, involved in it. Long shot. They heard this, and then they write a song about don't get wet, hey, get man. soaked. It's coming. It's going to happen. I know. That's what the that's song what is going to be about. all yeah, about. We all know that. <laughs> Ninja Sex Party started in 2009, uh, and they have been pumping out music ever since. Uh, they've got five original albums and three cover albums. And in those cover albums, uh, the names of the albums are called Under the Covers, uh, because all the, pretty much every song they've made on their original albums, they're all really f- funnily sex related um because it's all to such an extreme that it's it's very humor based like a a very unsuccessful attempt at at finding these sex capades and one where they're blasting off into the year 6969 go and have the speed of brian yes bingo (laughs) and and they have 50 music videos like like almost 50 music videos for all these songs that they have made on on YouTube that like you can watch them all on YouTube and they range from the most low budget that you can imagine they've got this uh mannequin doll of Danny Sexbang that they're just throwing around making it like in place of him in moments to where he has to do something crazy uh and they range from that all the way to very high production animated like uh, music videos to where they are very impressive to where sometimes you get lost in the visuals and then you realize, Oh wait, this song's about something absolutely ridiculous as far as like a, 
a mansion party to where uh, these pandas end up in a fight and break loose. And now they're like rampaging through the, the mansion party, killing all the guests. And the song, as it progresses through it, it becomes more about escaping the mansion party because you don't want to be mauled by these pandas. And it's <laughs> there. It's just uh, think like uh, you've talked about Tenacious D in the past. Yes. yes Austin. Uh, and then there's also like um, Weird Al Yankovic and The Lonely Island. Mm, I miss The Lonely Island. Lonely Island, Flight amazing. Of the Con- Flight of the Concords. Flight of the Concords, yes. yes. Rhett and Link. Time. Rhett and Link from the Ear Biscuits podcast. Yeah. Uh, and YouTube. And and the YouTubes. But they are, while they're singing these like really funny, ridiculous songs, it's done really well. Like... Because like throughout most of their most of their albums that they've made uh, that were the original albums, Brian actually Ninja Brian was the musician for like every instrument like in the songs. Uh, I think for at least the first three albums, I think. Uh, but they're just so well done, and Dan has an amazing voice. And you're thinking, why are you listening to him? You're going like, man, why why aren't they making just quote unquote normal music? You know, while you're listening to all this funny stuff. But I think they might, they wouldn't stand out as much as they do because there's a lot of talent. I mean, talent is you know everywhere. And I think that they would blend in to, to more of that without doing this style because they, they own like this genre of where they land in it. Well, and they're, um, they're also doing something that they enjoy and something that they love, yes. you know? So why would you want to, you know, pigeonhole yourself into making quote unquote normal music when the funny stuff can be just way more fun. Yes. I don't think Billy Eyelash was worried about making normal music. <laughs> Plus they they probably still make music other than that. Well, they do the under the but covers. They just don't stuff. release it. They well, yeah, I'm sure, but they like the under the covers albums, those are all cover albums from like 70s, 80s music stuff like that. Yeah. And they do gr- a great job of all these covers. Like there's a few songs they do that I prefer their versions over you know the originals which is probably a sin in itself but i just enjoy their personalities so much also uh because you get a whole lot more of like dan's actual personality of of who he is as an actual you know dan avidan the person uh in a show called uh game grumps and that's on youtube and he does it with aaron hansen it's a it's a let's play channel basically where these two guys they just play video games and they'll play through a whole game sometimes like from beginning to end and they're just talking to each other throughout the whole thing and they're both so entertaining that it's just it's it's a different level of of just watching gameplay like because you're not there for the game the game doesn't matter sometimes they they purposely play the worst games they can possibly find <laughs> and, but they are so entertaining that you just want to sit there and watch the whole playthrough but Dan, he said in a few episodes back of the Game Grumps, he said his character of Danny Sexbang from Ninja Sex Party, he, it's always been just this ridiculous, like I said, sexcapade character. Uh, but he said he sees himself starting to blend into that character. <laughs> and, and some people took that as like, oh, are you becoming more of this insane person? He's like, no, no, no. Like Danny Sexbang is becoming more like him, Dan Avidan, because he's got a song called Danny Don't You Know. I was I've been singing that in my that, head the whole time you've been talking so about it. So amazing. And actually I will play a clip of that right now so everybody else can hear what that sounds like. Inside, you're just going through an awkward phase from twelve to 
don't you know? And it's got the it's got the kid from uh, Stranger Things, one of the yes. actors in it, playing a young him, and he's like going back in time and appearing as this you know awesome rock star, and just basically telling his awkward young self like it's gonna be okay, you're gonna yeah. become me one day. Yes, you've got it, kid. You're yes. gonna be okay. And it, it's, it's just a cool concept. Yeah, cool and video. It's, it's made for nerds. It's like it, the song was made for young nerds that are just they're so self conscious about who they are uh and it's like man you're amazing and you're going to be amazing and whatever you're going through now it's weird but and he even talks in it about you may be 35 like but by the time you realize like how amazing you are but it's going to come and that song would have never happened if not for the bleeding into and i think that's part of where they're maybe wanting to make some things that are a little bit more serious maybe just a touch more but still within their same realm of, of the well, and the it's funny. funny it's funny that comedy is accepted in all mediums, mostly except for me. Well, I mean, it's not that it's not accepted in music, but it's like you said, and I would kind of put it the same way. Even though Tiny got onto me for putting it in a certain way, the other, you know, <laughs> we won't talk about that. that growing, about growing out of things and yeah. stuff, but. Uh yeah I don't know it's it's interesting that people kind of see comedy music as not real music right quote, or it's but, like yeah. not serious music right but why can't you get you can still get some like pretty hefty messages across absolutely yes yeah. smack that yeah, boy smack it messages messages pretty happy messages yeah you can get those messages across in comedy oh yeah well there's a part in danny don't you know in that song because like the first few times i had heard it because i mean it struck a chord with me just because i've absolutely always been like this and i will always be like this f sharp f sharp bingo that's me that's the chord that it struck but it's a it goes into this acapella part where it's just like just telling him he's the star tonight and it's just like like it like tear, like my eyes started tearing up when I heard it the first few times because I was like, "Geez, man!" Like, there's just so much heart in that part of that song that, like, the whole thing is just so. I don't know. It's magic. It is pretty. It's a magic and epic you, song. You know, I could see you actually singing to your younger self that exact same way, just letting him know that everything's going to be fine and you you love him and everything else. And then it's not even your younger self, and you're just in some kid's bedroom. Just, that that reminds me of you so much. <laughs> yeah, like, you're going to be great. Get out of here. Who are you? My name's not Danny. My name's Cheryl. <laughs> Oh man, they actually have a song called "It's Bedtime," and it's where it's Danny Sexbang singing to this kid about like how it's bedtime, and he's singing him a lullaby, and it's it's like demons screaming and like Satan ripping, just shredding on a guitar, and him telling him these crazy animal facts, like how uh, venomous snakes can open doors, and does he know where meat comes from, and all this stuff. And but the song is so catchy and sounds so good, and I, it's just that that part of. Just ridiculous lyrics that are still clever, like in their own way and the way they're written, but it's just so absurd, but just so musically just talented, like in the way that they do it and how 
good of a singer he is, but the animation for that video is also oh, it's very amazing. Good. They've gotten some amazing animators to do all that. What's the one where he brings that girl home, but he's like still living with his parents? Yes, welcome to my parents' house, <laughs> and it's it's a song about him meeting a girl in the club, and they're like clicking, connecting, and stuff. And he's like, "Let me take you back to my place," and she's totally down for it. And they get back there, and it's his parents' house. So he's telling her how he's got all these free snackies laid out for him, and how his grandma's basset hound is there. <laughs> And, and then by the end of the song, he's yelling at his dad because he like went down and ate all the ham in the fridge, and he said he wouldn't. And it's and it just it falls apart like towards the end of it. And if you just if you've never heard of Ninja Sex Party, YouTube is probably going to be the best place to listen to them right now because to see those music videos because you guys I I. I let you listen to them while watching those videos and those stick in your head. Yeah, for sure. Like they'll stick in your head a lot more than just the songs will the first time you hear them. So I think watching those videos, because you will go down a rabbit hole. There's I, almost I think 50 they're, of them. Yeah, they're meant to be what? I mean, they're meant yeah. to be with a video, I think. A oh, lot yeah. Of it. Also, so somebody made a video that was meant to be watched? No. Whoa. Well, they've made music with a video in mind. Yes. Ah. <laughs> Well, also, if you try to search them through any other website, be very careful. <laughs> you will get things that you probably should never be seen yes. by another person. Always click on the first link, because if you go to like, the fifth page of Google when you type that in, who knows what you're going to get. Yeah. And, and you know, honestly, it's scary ninjas, ninjas attacked in the silence, and they also maintained their assassin-like nature by not being noticed. So... I don't know if you'd. I don't know how you'd feel about watching that kind of video. Anyway, surprise. They they're also Dan and Brian both are in a band with Aaron Hansen that I mentioned from the Game Grumps show. Uh, that's called Starbomb, and every one of their songs is like video game related, like either from the viewpoint of characters. They've got one to where it's a game show called like Simple Plot Lines, like of games, and so they've got these. Like characters like Mrs. Pac-Man, like she's just like I'm Pac-Man with a bow, and that's it. That's all the plot is. And then the crowd claps, and then it gets to uh, Sora from Kingdom Hearts. Oh no! And Dan is like the the host of that game show, and he's just losing his mind because Sora is just singing on and on and on about how convoluted that storyline is for it. And those are the kind of songs that Starbomb does to where it's things from like Luigi's perspective where he wants Peach, but Mario is just a super jerk that keeps taking her from him because he's too scared to talk up about it. Uh, so Starbomb is a really good place to go next. Like if you want still more of that NSP like fix, uh, Starbomb is a pretty fun place to go after that. Uh, and one last little fact, just, just to throw it in there, Ninja Brian, Brian Wecht, formerly was a theoretical physicist who quit his job as a professor to like be full-time with Ninja Sex Party. <laughs> That's so and cool. And that is, that is like the definition of just following your dreams no matter where you are currently. Because Tanya and I had a, a long conversation today while I was at work about like, like being a kid and being all, like as an older person, like age, that part doesn't matter, man. Like yeah. if you want to make, songs that are about just goofy stuff do it like do it just whenever you feel like it you it may be more matter. likely to invent time travel if you do the music part instead of being the theoretical physicist that's true just yep. saying music can travel through time music Absolutely. make you lose control i often think of what how i could travel through time 
like music. <laughs> if I could turn back time, <laughs> find a way, right? I wasn't necessarily trying to transition. Oh my god! Why? Why? You need to accidentally transition all the time. Then it was too good. That, well, that's the only reason I threw it in. There was, there was an aunt just having a heyday across my microphone. How do you know it wasn't an uncle? I I, I didn't I didn't leg check. All I know is I leaned back so it wouldn't go in my beard. Ooh, that just seems like the worst thing ever. Marcus, you did a great transition. Let's let's keep with it. We can. Okay. We can. Listen just, to NSP. Just, just there. Edit. Yeah. Here's the end of mine. There you go. So I guess my topic's just generally about time travel. For me, it's always been one of those concepts that in sci-fi and, and fantasy, that if you get right, it can make it it can make your story so cool and has all these possibilities with things, you know, of a more emotional nature too. Uh, but then it's so hard to pull off a story like that that it can be really bad too, like yeah. and it be even potentially ruin your entire story. So I was just curious as to maybe some examples of where you think the time travel was so cool, added so much to the story, and maybe an example of of, of the opposite. I don't know because I've. Well, I mean, you can go first. I've, if you I've want. got an example of all of that in the same movie. <laughs> oh, no, boy. <laughs> I believe it was called, like, The Time Machine. It's, like, the newest one. Uh, Bill and Ted? Oh, mm-hmm. okay. No, no. Made, made off of the, based off the novel. Yes. yes. Yeah. Hot Tub Time Machine. Yeah. The novel was no, no, really good. No, no. Hot Tub good. Time Machine. Oh, okay. Great. <laughs> but no, it's, it's like, from classic literature. I think it's just called The Time Machine. It's called The Time Machine. Yeah. yeah. It's like the entire plot of the movie is him traveling through time on this one planet, which sounds amazing. And it leads to some cool stuff, but also it ruins everything because you're like, ah, I get really invested in this one little section. Okay, now I'm just going to hop and skip and jump over here. Yeah, it never really explains anything, does it? There's nothing cohesive. (laughs) There really isn't. I've seen the movie. The book is better. Oh, I Uh, I assume it is. It's been a while since I've read it. Um, But I don't know. It's kind of the same. You kind of just see some weird things and then you come back. But is that a successful way of doing it? Because you're not trying too hard to make it make sense. You're letting it just be weird and wild and jumping around the place, like as opposed to trying to make it scientifically, you know, you choose quotes again, like we've done a lot this episode, correct, you know, because time travel is just a theory, you know, at this point. So I I don't know. Is it, does it seem like that to where they didn't want to get themselves pigeonholed into these, into this trying too hard thing? I don't know. What would you say? I, I would say it just seemed like they, with the movie, they just wanted to have like these cool dark elves underground at one point. Yeah. They wanted to like have a romance on the side of a mountain, like in this little like hut built into the side of a mountain. It just seemed like, I don't know, they wanted to yeah, add all these concepts just, but not explain any of them. Yeah, it was, it was just different ideas just kind of just spattered about in a movie. Mm-hmm. Kind of like having Taco Bell late at night. Oh, well. What? That was that was the essence of that movie was Taco Bell Actually, after like midnight. now that I think of it, though, isn't it that he's trying to get back to his lady? Like he but, just uh, wants he to find her? He can I only go remember. forward, never back. I don't know if that's, I think. I think you might be right. But yeah. I don't know. I don't know. He can never go backwards. He can only go forwards. That's all he. 
that's all he's got intact. Am I the I only remember. one that hasn't seen the time machine? You're okay. I'm, yeah, it's, yeah. Don't, now, don't even worry about it. I'm going to go back in time and watch it so I can join you guys. You in know, this conversation. for its day, it was pretty good graphics wise as far as like seeing that time machine, how it worked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the effects were really cool, but that was about it. So, so yeah, I guess in the time machine, he just travels further and further into the future. Yeah, is that the is that the case? Yeah, I think okay. I think he had the theory that if he went far enough forward, that it would double back. Yeah, because mm. then you got you got like the mole people that humans evolved into versus the normal humans, and that was all weird. Then you had the vampire humans that feasted upon the mole people that, yeah. and they controlled the the normal humans because they were the vampires and they were advanced and intellectuals and. I'm into this. I mean, why are you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, why are you describing what is happening under my bed? <laughs> <laughs> and all of this is bred from a colony. They call it Converse. Well, it's just a tube just sock. Just a tube sock. <laughs> yeah, just a single ringed tube sock. <laughs> I wish I knew what mechanism the time machine. Since it was the example we kind of went with, I, I kind of figured we'd end up at Back to the Future at some point, nah. which I can describe the the mechanics of the time travel there, but I can't really describe the mechanics of the time travel in the time machine. Anyway, it's I think it had something to do with like electromagnetism, because like the 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 rings would spin and it would create like this force field that radiated out that caused everything right, to yeah. move through time and space. Okay, makes sense. Well, just since I instant mentioned it and you said no, I'm going to go forward with it anyway. So back to the future, uh, I think it's like that. It's like the grandfather paradox kind of thing. So it's like if he doesn't do the the mission, he's going to like not exist anymore. Yes. I don't know. I just think that's interesting because there are different examples in other things where they use a different kind of rule set to but, limit but the time travel. Because I think that Back to the Future is one of the only time travel instances that uses a linear storyline for it. Not like it makes it, like every time you've jumped to a different, like it's actually affecting the future every time he goes to the past, as opposed to it creating, you know, like here's an alternate timeline and this and that. It doesn't go into that. Well, right, it does. And I think it was the second one where they, he created a time paradox because Doc draws his graph on this chalkboard. He's like, here's where the timeline skewed and made Biff like Donald Trump. Hmm. So yeah, I know. That. But that was that was a paradox, though. I'm not I'm, I'm talking like how they have multi-universal theories going on within that. Oh, OK. Though. I misunderstood right. what you were saying. Well, like yeah. Dark. Dark kind of went into that in the yeah. third season. Uh, so but, I've been told. Yeah. But see, Dark, they kind of just went all in with the time travel tropes. Like, they did it all. Like, they did the grandfather. You know, they they you know they studied all about how time travel has been used in fiction over the years. And they did it all and more. So, yeah, I don't know. I really like how Lost did it. I know I'm a, I'm a huge Lost fan. And people can talk all the crap they want. But Lost was <laughs> ahead of its time, dude. I how you have to dude. defend it every time you oh, start yeah. talking about Lost. Look, it's none just of us here are going to you know, downgrade you except for him. Well, because I love Lost we, as well. But, but we put this show on the internet. Ooh, we do. But nobody listens. <laughs> False. <laughs> so, except for Jaden. So, What's up, buddy? <laughs> so in Lost, you have this kind of whatever happened, happened kind of thing. So it's like if you go back in the past, you always did. So, you know, there there would be scenes that we would revisit in season 5 that were happening in like season 1 and 2. And so but when you go back and watch season 1 and 2 and you see those scenes as a veteran viewer, you know in your head someone's watching in the woods right now. 
That's cool. From the, yeah. you know, from another timeline. Um, I don't know. I just thought, I think that's really cool. And I still kind of want to hear some examples of well, yeah, where y'all think time travel was. Oh, they also have consciousness traveling, but go ahead and do what you were going to do. Have you seen 11, 2263? No, I haven't. Okay. I've seen part of the show, but I've read the book and the book is amazing. That's what I've heard. Um, boiling it down. There's a thin spot in our world that brings you back into, I believe it was 1952. Um, it, always takes you to the specific day and specific time. And the main character is going back in time to stop the JFK assassination because the man who originally found this doorway through time determined that a lot of the things going on negatively in our world is a result of JFK not being there. So he has to go back and try to change things. But as he tries to change things, the timeline resists the change. So there's always something kind of catastrophic that that occurs around him like the to stop him. Yeah, to stop him from making the change. And if he doesn't do it exactly right, it can it can be detrimental. And so he goes back initially to test this one thing because it happened like a weekend. Because every time he goes back into the portal, it's like hitting the reset button. It, what he changed doesn't happen. Oh. So he has to do everything perfectly. Oh, no. And then exit and then never go back in. Ooh. I don't like that. See, we've done a lot of time travel talk, but haven't mentioned Doctor Who yet, which is my favorite time travel thing ever. And Austin, you got in on the Doctor Who train for a while and you loved it too. Yes? I don't want to go. See? Oh, so sad. But. The and Doctor Who, the the British TV show, they it's just not safe. They they bounce around all through history and come in contact with a lot of big historical events or uh, just some different ones. Like I mean, even uh, Vincent Van Gogh uh, or Van Gogh as as they call him, because I think that's the actual way you're supposed to say it. But anyway, who cares? You know what I'm talking about. Uh, they go back, and that episode stands out in my mind because. Like what happens to Van Gogh happens to him no matter what. Like he he ends up dying, um, and like very early. And I think the theory is it was self like self induced or or some kind of thing like that. Uh, but in that episode, they go back and meet him and see him like doing his paintings and everything. And in Van Gogh's life. He never became popular while he was living. All of his popularity came long after he was gone. So they take him and bring him into the future to an actual like Van Gogh exhibit uh, to where there's this expert walking around like pointing at all the paintings and talking about it. And he is looking at, at Van Gogh like a, like a guest you know, in the museum and explaining to him how much of a genius and how he is the most prolific artist of time of all time and he's telling it to the artist that never that was always looked at as an insane person uh, because the way he painted and just kind of the way he was obsessed with with all that and the the doctor was kind of hoping like hey maybe this will be enough to not make you want to do that eventually because they know what happens to him uh but it ends up happening anyway and a lot of times actually through everything like it always ends up happening the way it has to happen because like you mentioned in, in that one, like when he goes back, something is always happening differently to where JFK still gets assassinated. 
Yeah. Like, no matter what, it was still happening, unless he does something perfect or whatever. Well, he can actually force the change, okay. but he has to he has to fight through it. Gotcha. See, with this, the doctor, most of the time, is trying to make sure that this thing does happen. Like, because to keep time working the way it's supposed to work, those events, these catastrophic things sometimes, uh, like uh, Pompeii, whenever Pompeii went under, like, lava or whatever, where it was just, yep. like, completely demolished, mm-hmm. he was just trying to get some of those people to like understand like this is coming uh and and it was going to happen i mean but but it was one of those things like if you can save a couple like that'll be worth it um and and he does like there's a couple that he saves and everything but it's always i don't know the big event always ends up happening the way it's supposed to happen in our history like a course correction right like time course corrects itself yeah yeah exactly why this face why this face Yes. Ugh. Oh, yeah. And all the, the actors that play the Doctor are just, it's phenomenal. Let me do my lost point real quick. Yeah. And then, and then I want to hear your, if you have any favorites, Austin. But in Lost, there was this episode called, I think, Flashes Before Your Eyes, where this character Desmond is. Oh, such a good episode. Actually, and it may be the constant is really one that I'm talking about, I think, because his, his consciousness from like 1992 and his consciousness as an older man in 2004 trapped on the island literally switch so 1992 Desmond is in 2004 Desmond's body and like yeah it's it's out there it's weird but it's like that's one of the big draws for me to loss is that they did all this really cool uh like these cool time travel concepts in like a, just a mainstream like ABC show you know yeah that's really neat. Yeah, it is. Man, it's, every it's, time we some talk the, about Lost, it makes me want to watch it. Well, it's 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 definitely the, the episode I'm talking about is literally one of the most widely acclaimed of the whole entire series. Yeah, yeah. The, so, and and just hearing that makes me want to watch it. Yeah, that right with it. No, and it's amazing. Well, it it's doesn't. <laughs> I have it no interest in watching it again. <laughs> I oh, skimmed it? through it the okay. first time because that's all the attention I could pay to it. Well, that's fine. That's where you messed that's fine. up. Nope, nope. You're not, you're not telling well, me what I'm to do. That's why I'm here to Neither tell you one the highlight. You. I'm here to tell you the highlights of it. You're not going to tell me what to do. And my favorite time travel experience that I ever had was watching the animated film The Land Before Time because I got to travel back and see dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, bro? <laughs> oh, you can do better than that. No, that's no, all you get. can't. Time travel's awesome. Uh, we need we need more of it in our fiction. Okay, but 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 be careful. Please be careful using time travel in your fiction because yes, it can be done so poorly, and yeah. it just takes you completely. You really got to figure out the rules of it first. Yeah, we'll probably talk about time travel. Make some your own point. rules to it. Maybe it's better. See. Now, this is really hard to segue out of because of everything that just happened, but 112263 ties into my topic, and my topic is the Stephen King multiverse. Most people don't realize that he has a multiverse, Um, arguably the largest multiverse written by a single author, and the best part is it all started as fan theory because... Mr. King enjoys putting little Easter eggs in various novels. Some overlaps are way more blatant than others. How does he get the book to close if he's sticking eggs in them? Very carefully. First, you iron them flat. (laughs) And so, (laughs) after 
all of you know all the fan theories because if you sit and you make a diagram of how everything interconnects it it it's incredibly tightly woven you can google images of where people have done this and it's insane it's very hard to follow but that being said he read these theories and he liked it so much that he canonized it in the i think it was the beginning of the fifth book of the dark tower in the foreword he said yes this is a thing yes it's a multiverse booyah <laughs> so which to me is pretty awesome so i'm just going to kind of lay out of some of the awesome. basic cosmology of stephen king's multiverse wait what cosmology yeah i was about to ask too i give mean give me a definition use it as an sentence kind of well. like um, cosmology is kind of like the background of the genesis of the cosmos right like the study of like the structure of the universe in a sense yes. where yes. phil collins's band was formed exactly correct um the okay i'm just gonna read it as i have it on here um, in the beginning there was a magical presence known as the prim also referred to as the darkness behind everything out of which rose gone um, when all world was created gone appeared in a metaphysical form as a giant edifice known as the dark tower alongside six beams that are protected by 12 guardians one of the guardians is maturin he is the turtle Basically, he had a stomach ache and vomited out the universe. The universe he vomited out contained Keystone Earth, which is where we exist. Keystone Earth, like I said, is a reflection of the real world. Um, and it also houses a fictional version of Stephen King himself. So the logical conclusion of that is when he's in the universe, he's still writing the books of the universe. So the universe is creating itself inside of it. So that ties even us in the real world into the Stephen King multiverse. Oh, man. So that's one of those scenarios to where you're like sitting in the fitting room and you see yourself in the mirror and behind you there's another mirror and you see yourself seeing yourself for infinity. Yes. But it's always him at a typewriter and just insane ideas going on in his head. Pretty tell, much. Tell me one more time about the turtle that vomits the universe. Okay. The, <laughs> yes, please. One the more turtle time, please. basically had a stomach ache. And vomited our universe into existence. And where do we tie? And, and Stephen King wrote this down. Uh, yeah, it's it's in the foreword, and some of it's kind of pieced together here and there throughout the Dark Tower series and other novels. So okay. this is kind of all compressed together. So that turtle is like a character. Yes, like a mythological character. Yes, and he actually appears in several novels, including nice. it. If you actually read the novel. He is the brother of it. Wait, 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 wait huh? Hold the, on. Yes. The turtle that vomited up us yes. is the brother of it. Yes. The clown man yes. that wants to can, kill me. Because he yes. consumes us. So one creates us, the other consumes us. Yes, pretty much. So is it, it's just like a form that it, it takes? It is another primordial being from... Um, why does he dress uh, like a what clown? What does he call it? Like the macroverse. For kids. It, it's not that he's a clown. He embodies your fear, and that's what feeds him. So he's not actually a clown, but for a lot of people, they're afraid of clowns like, okay. like that man over there. Hey, now so me. So he appears to him as his fear. Okay. This is starting to make more sense, and this is because I watched 
I mean, obviously, it's probably you know not word for word like the book, but right. uh, what's that new HBO show? Lost Castle no. Rock. <laughs> it's the HBO. Oh God, Austin. I, I guess all roads Castle Rock like, under the dome. Watchmen. No. Uh, full dark, no stars. I think they made that. No Sferatu. I'll, I'll think of it in it's a minute. It's Nosferatu. Okay. Snyder well, I was cut. naming Stephen King stuff. Me too. But no. Yes, Nosferatu. <laughs> That's his son. That's his son, Joe Hill. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, kind of. His is, but hey, not Joe really. Hill exists in the Stephen King universe, right? Yes. So everything he writes is technically part of the Stephen King universe. Truth. Technically, everything that has been made in our realm is part of the Stephen King universe. Yeah, you're you're right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was actually wrong. So, I just found a way to bring so myself. Steve, to being uh, right. Stephen King's found a way to claim like everything. rights to every <laughs> fictional thing. <laughs> everything. <ever written>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Let's see, where was I? Um. The Outsider. Uh, the universe is the location of Keys on Earth. Okay, I've already read that. Some people have the ability to travel between universes by going toe dash. Uh, that's the word he uses. I know it's a funky word. Toe, uh, toe dash? Yeah, one T-O-D-A-S-H. Word? Yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't make it up. It's where you have to walk, you know, how you just like walk you dash on your, your toes. Toe. Yeah, yeah, tippy toes. You can much. only travel through universes on your tippy yes. toes. Yes, uh, some people can do it naturally. Um, some people have to use different artifacts. Like ballerina throughout. shoes. Yeah. No, no, oh. like uh, the wizard's rainbow, the talisman, or Lil Pink. Which they're in different books. Hold on. What's it, sorry? I thought you meant Lil Kim. Like, no, like for but. some reason in my head I heard Lil Pink. I was like, wait, 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 wait. You gotta bring Lil Kim along with you. No, I ain't going. See, see, Mr. King wrote a book for I believe it was it was Amazon, and in the book Amazon messes up and sends the wrong. A tablet to this guy he gets a pink one and he's like well I'll keep it anyway and he's able to use that to actually go into different worlds and universes and it's pink so he names it Lil Pink whoa um so the book hold on <laughs> wait Stephen King wrote a book for Amazon the company yes to be printed to be put solely on their in the real e-reader like this was device. made in yes. the real yes in the real world yes and this person received a pink in the story. In a the person story. received a yes. okay. Whoa, that's kind of that's pretty meta for yeah. Okay. He, did, he did it on purpose. Yeah, Por- yeah, on purpose. On purpose. It's a book about so these are the Easter eggs. Yes. Okay. Um, that's just different ways people have traveled through the various universes. Um, there's also like thin spots, like I said, in 112263. Uh, they're called thinnies because, well, it's a thin spot between two different universes or dimensions. Um, there are magical doorways, like in the drawing of the three, um, that, al- that open and allow you into some other place. Narnia. Uh, sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, like in the talisman, you have a twin in this other universe that's known as your twinner. You know, it's your, it's your doppelganger. So some people whose twinner has died, they can actually travel to the place where their twin should be and can function as their twin in that other world. There's some others, but there's a lot, and I'm not going to go into all of them. Um, Each beam, okay, the Dark Tower is not only gone in the universe, it's also the central linchpin of all the universes. And that is in All World, which is the world of the Dark Tower. 
Um, you said all A L L. Yes, uh, all worlds comprised of in world, mid world, and out world. Kind of, <gasps> kind of based on Lord of the Rings. So he took some, you know, elements as inspiration for his universe. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, one of the guardians he named after Aslan um, in Narnia. Nice. And he's the lion. He's one of the guardians of one of the beams. Uh, each beam. There's six beams coming off the tower. They're guarded on each end by a different animal guardian. One beam is the elephant and wolf beam. So they're on opposite ends of that world guarding each end of the beam. So basically, if all the beams fall, and the, then the tower falls. And if the tower falls, everything ceases to be. Including here. Including here. Mm-hmm. Nice. We must protect Which the tower. Kind of ties into the main plot of the Dark Tower series. Um, Roland's goal is not to stop the fall of the tower. If it happens, that's a fantastic side effect. His whole goal and mission is to see the tower, enter it, and see what's in the upper room. That's oh. his only goal. Nice. If he saves the world, awesome. If he doesn't, that's awesome too. So he's kind of the unwitting hero and he is, he travels into various places. He travels to Keystone earth, like I said, which is where we are. He goes and pulls people from Jerusalem's lot. There's people from Derry. There's people from castle rock. You know, they're all tied in together. So it's very fascinating if you boil it down to that, because reading the books, reading all the books that I have of him, I can see a lot of the overlaps. And so Mm -hmm. when I read the dark tower, it makes me appreciate that work even more than if I read it by itself. Right. Right. Yeah. Knowing it's because it's like little offshoots. Yeah. Yeah. They're little offshoots of that world. Yeah. Like hearts in Atlantis. Have y'all seen that movie? Mm -mm. Okay. Anthony Hopkins. Yes. Anthony Hopkins. That's a sad movie. Yes. It's, it's actually a dark tower movie as well not only because Stephen King existing in the universes uh, the main character played by Anthony Hopkins his name is Ted he is what is known as a breaker he can use the shining which that that brings in the shining his trick is he can find things which they can also do that in Dreamcatcher I can also do that well using his his powers, he can find things that have been lost, like for good. Lost from time. Yes. Like they will not be found yes. without his ability. Exactly. Yes. That, that's just one of his abilities among others. Okay. Sometimes cool. he just knows things. Like he can come in contact with you and just know your innermost thoughts, which is happens in the book when he finds the the friend of the little boy, her being injured, he knows what the bully does. And he tells the bully, like, hey, I know your dirty secret. And it terrifies the bully and completely, you know, uh, you would assume changes his life. But he he's a breaker. And in the universe of the Dark Tower, the breakers are being used by the Crimson King to destroy the beams and destroy everything. Hmm. Yeah. So and the Dark Tower is at the middle of all of it. Yes, it is the linchpin that holds everything in existence. But the Dark Tower didn't come out until after the fan theory of all of Stephen King's stuff is half, connected? Half of the series was already written. Um, he had the first four out, 
Um, he he canonized the fan theories in the foreword of book five. That's pretty was, awesome. I believe, if I remember correctly, Song of Susanna. I mean, because it's, it's almost like he was nodding to that anyway. I mean, was, if, if you put little Easter eggs like that, I mean, yeah. that's kind of well, what you're saying. Like, yeah, he it? wasn't intending on building this big multiverse. But now that's so in, yeah. why wouldn't he? Right. And he did that before that it was before it was the super cool thing to do. Right. You know, because this started back in the 70s with the gunslinger, mm-hmm. you know, um, and it just built out from there. I need to read it. I want to read it. Yeah, it, it, it's so my favorite. The Outsider is an HBO show, and it the, the, the kind of bad guy or main villain or whatever in that show kind of reminded me of what you said about it. Because in that show, they call it like the grief eater. And so it's like it's attracted to human like suffering and grief. Yeah. But it's also kind of well, spoiler, like kind of like a shapeshifter and can kind of appear like someone else. Yeah. I mean that's actually that's, really cool. That's pretty much it in a nutshell. But right, but it, when I was watching that show, I wasn't sitting there thinking that I mean it's obviously something that the the story itself doesn't explain, but now you've told me about this larger world that that exists in and now there's like no telling what that thing is and where it came from and it oh, just yeah. makes it a lot cooler. Well, like I said in it um actually there's a little poem that goes along with the turtle that kind of explains the turtle. I'm not going to do that, but anyway, if you want to know what it is, <laughs> look it up yourself. <laughs> you should. You should do it. Um but it says that he knows everything because our universe is being transported on his back in this, yeah. you know, Stephen that, King that actually verse. comes from a real world. Yeah. It, it's a yeah. Hindu it is based on the Hindu religion. Cool. Um, gone anyway. Yeah. So he's talking to Bill Denbro telling him what he needs to do to defeat it. It, it, it wasn't just the kids going, Oh, well, maybe if we try this, if we if we love each other enough, he'll just go away. Maturin, which is the, tur- the turtle's name, actually tells him how to defeat him and says, you know, when they were children, he's gone for now. He'll come back unless you defeat him for good. You know what's amazing about the Stephen King universe? Nerd Through the Grapevine is a podcast in the Stephen King universe Technically. Yes? Yes. Yes. Which means everybody should keep listening to us on Spotify's and on the other ones that you listen to, like iTunes. The you know, the one where you can go in there and you can rate things where you can give them little stars and you can go one, two, three, four, five stars. I don't think there's a sixth star yet. But if there were, you would give us the sixth one, right? So, like, go ahead and give us the fifth one. Like, you don't have to do it in twos. If you're one of those weird people that's like, I don't do odd numbers, even though five, nothing odd about five. Um, Just do the fifth star. It's the evenest number of all odd numbers. It's also curvy. Do that. Pretty. It is. And I hear that they're going to make a sixth star just for us. Oh, I thought you were going to say they were going to make a prequel or a sequel to five. (laughs) Six. Five, the sequel. And also what you should do is if you want to check us out on any kind of social media, I would check out Facebook at Nerd Grapevine, Twitter at Nerd Grapevine, a thing that we do on the uh, Instagrams at Nerd Grapevine. Uh, Basically... Anywhere you want to find us, except for our Patreon, it's going to be at Nerd Grapevine. But if you're wanting to check out Patreon, go ahead, get on Patreon, best friends, period, tiny ink, period, 
and donate to the podcast if you feel like it. That would be awesome if you did. And uh, that brings us to the very end of everything where we... Also, Discord. <laughs> Look us up on Discord at Nerded Through the Grapevine Podcast. Um, we've got sections for everything. You can find out um, what we've spoken into being. You can talk to us live, uncut, and uncensored. There's a meme channel. We're working on an OnlyFans, so coming soon. Are we really? Uh, yeah. And hopefully you... <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> that last part was a joke. Or was it? Or was it? I mean, I can do some really good weenus and shoulder hair work, so if that is your stick, hit up your boy. Ooh, ow. A ow. Stick up your boy. Stick up your no! boy. That's, that's a very bad ACDC song. Um, so, Tiny... Dane, when life gives you grapes. Oh, no! I would go back in time and I would go to the part where you said, when life gives you grapes, tiny, and then I would just leave it there and I would hand tiny this bowl of grapes and I would say, tiny, it is your turn to answer this question. But that's a that's a different timeline. So that's not the one that we're in. And I'd feed him to the turtle. I and like then he would turtles. throw it up and he would make a whole nother universe it's a time loop it's a whole time loop oh no what? everybody oh. hi my name's dan holland and i'm the butterfly spandex man <sighs> what's the tithing percentage on the turtle church again guys i just can't quite remember the tithing percentage <laughs>